guys welcome to another episode of talk to me toast and we're doing something different we're doing something different because you know consistency and i want to say dynamism but i'm not going to show that thing now anyway um today's episode of the podcast i have a very special guest she is she's many things she's a content creator she's a speaker um if you follow her chances are your financial state of mind has already grown um many people know her as the resource she works she has like a nine to five that i'm actually curious to learn more about because i believe she just got promoted but i digress anyway i have on today's episode of the podcast renny yay thank you for having <laughs> us <laughs> i look he was about to say exo renny because i feel like some people just know you as exo yeah, it's it's kind of concerning when people come up to me and call me X already. I'm like, no, please don't do that. Please. <laughs> hey, so I think before we, you know, kind of really, really get into the meat of the episode, I wanted to ask about your job because I know like you work at BMO. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you worked in wealth management for a while, but you were saying recently online how you kind of switched the role. So I was, you know, curious about that if you want to share yeah nine to five. yeah so i actually got i'm still working within wealth management but i got a promotion to manage the digital presence of bmo private wealth which is a big promotion for me and the first time i'm actually feeling like imposter syndrome like i feel like i've never i've always been like like su- like I got this su- I'm super comfortable with all the jobs that I have but then this one I'm like whoa I have a lot to learn for once but um, we move so I'm re- focusing on digital marketing and so anytime you see like BMO private wealth which is their wealth management division focused on ultra high net worth clients like people with over a million dollars in assets or more if you see that if you see anything on th- on like LinkedIn or any billboards any of that stuff it's managed by me so yeah it's it's a big role and i'm really excited that i i got it so yeah that's really exciting you know what's funny um as she started to explain um my ad agency that i work for is actually the most ad agency so that's funny like i see some of like the work um do do they work with be more private wealth I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's BMO Financial Group that works with your agency. Yeah, yeah. So, so I say that because it's like, um, with all these like bigger brands, like to your point, like there's the different like, um, like so like you pointed out, you're in private wealth. Um, there's, you know, everyday banking. There's all these different like brands that exist on like the umbrella brand. Um, and it's just like interesting to me that, you know, you're working on such a niche portion of, you know, the brand. And I think you guys do, do you do all the marketing internally or do you do anything external? Uh, we are, we've just started working with the agency. Like we just started. So before and now they have not worked with the agency. So I'll be partnering with that agency for everything that's coming out soon. Awesome. Yeah. That's really so, exciting. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, this is a lot, but... <laughs> but congrats to you. Um, you. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine working in a role where it's like... I said I can imagine, not because I'm imagining, but because like I literally know what it's like to have yeah. a syndrome of like, bro, do I even know what I'm doing here? Like, do I... Like, literally. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. Well, you guys are this. trusting me with this big, big role. <laughs> you got this, because I feel like you... You know for them to trust you that obviously has a proven track record and mm-hmm. 
yeah you figure it out um amen where is it for you on the podcast <laughs> thank you <laughs> You know, I I wanted to chat with you today about you know fin- your financial well being, your financial state of mind, how you got to be where you are. Because obviously, like you've done a lot of amazing things. You bought a house at twenty three, bro. I'm already twenty three in a couple months, and I'm like, where my house at? Uh, so, <laughs> soon come, soon come, soon come. You know, we're working towards it. But you, know, you bought a house at twenty three. You um, have started this YouTube channel. Um, you're helping people learn more about how to have a relationship with money and you're making money while doing it like I got really excited when you started monetizing um, and yeah it, on your YouTube channel you just share a lot about you know how to approach money but also from your own you know lens like you share some of your, of your investment wins and things like that um, and you've also had your dad on for a couple of videos so I just wanted to talk about how you know you got to be this person that is financially savvy um that knows how to invest that knows you know how to save knows how to do the research because like we all have access to the same internet but for some of us like when we are looking at these like comparing accounts for instance like we get so overwhelmed we don't know how to like approach it but you really simplify it so take us back essentially is what i'm trying to say take us back to when you very like what what's your very first memory of starting to think about money and you know tell us a story around that okay hmm that was a, a big question lots of lots of questions in that question <laughs> but so let's, just, let's just start with you know your first memory of money and okay I think that my parents have always been so financially literate, so I don't know a time when I didn't know anything about money. Like, I feel like since I can remember, so I would say like around four years old, I, they've been t- teaching me about money. So I would remember uncles and aunties would come to our house and then they would give us like, say they give us like $10 or $20. Then, you know, most Nigerian parents would be like, oh, let me hold it for you, let me hold it for you. Yeah, my parents were not like that. They were like, okay. $10 of that $20 must go into your bank account and $10 must, um, you can do whatever, like you can spend it. We can go to the store and buy whatever we want. And that's from the time I was very, very, very young. So that's always been my relationship to money. It's like, okay, you always have to make sure you have a portion of it that you're saving and then a portion of it that you are, um, that you can use as disp- dis- disposable income. So that's really my, my like, that was my relationship with money. And it, of course I wasn't working at that time, so, but I was able to develop um, this habit of saving from the time I was four years old. So like I had a bank account when I was four years old as well. Once I came to Canada, they I got a bank account when I was four. I think most people don't, I don't know. I feel like most people get bank accounts when they're like 18 or something, or maybe 15 when they get their first job. But yeah, that was my first instance of money. Interesting, that's a very early start. Yes. <laughs> I... I think that's really cool that you know you your parents taught you i think i think for me what's really cool about that is it wasn't you know when they give you money save it because you don't need to spend it it was take a portion of it and save it because i feel like that's what helps you build that habit that you use as an adult because um obviously when you're older you can't just like take all the money you get and dump in a savings account there has to be some kind of sensibility into how much of this goes into savings and how much of this you know can i spend so it's nice that you know you started to build that um habit at such a young age so i'm curious um 
when you were abusing this habit, you know, when your parents at four years old were telling you, put this money aside, did you understand, you know, these things, I guess, behind it, or was it just annoying? Like, were you ever like, bro, like, can I just like, <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty annoying. Uh, I, I, I was not like a fan of putting away half my money, but I'm so glad that they, they did it because it really prepared me for now, or even like once I started my first job, I was. Like if you only get twenty dollars and now I'm getting like a hundred dollars, it's like oh, putting away fifty dollars, like it's no big deal to me, right? So it was very annoying. But like I think one thing my parents did was they gave me an, they started giving me an allowance. I don't know what age, maybe ten or something. They started giving me like twenty dollars a month. So it's not like it was a lot, but um, I realized the value of working for money as well. And then another thing that they did was they invested my money for me. So if I put 50% of it away, my dad would buy me a stock um, once there was enough money. In his name, obviously, because kids can't have investment accounts. But he would put put money in a stock, and then um, I would see like that my money was actually growing. I don't know if I fully understood it, but I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, so I feel like the habits that they they taught me from such a young age really helped me uh, up until now. That's because uh, it's funny that you brought that up because I was going to ask you like how you got into investing. I didn't share it in your channel, but just like what the early days looks like for you. So it's interesting that you know your dad was doing that for you. How how involved would you say you were in that process of the investment, or at what point did you start to get involved? Yeah, I would say at that age I wasn't very involved. He was really um, he would tell me pick. Of these companies, and it would be like companies I knew, so Scotia Bank, TD, like companies that I could I would see on a regular basis as we drove around. And then he would tell me, okay, you're gonna put your money in one of this, and now you're a part owner. And he made it sound so cool, like you own part of this company, like it's so amazing. <laughs> so I wasn't really like I wasn't involved, but he allowed me to pick the stock, and then he would show me like, oh, so you just got a dividend from this company, and now you can buy another share of the company. So yeah, I wasn't involved at all until I was 18. I wasn't really involved. So what was the first stock you bought, like yourself? That was you, you know, deciding to buy this as opposed to your dad, you know, kind of showing you the way. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't even know if I remember. I think it was TD Bank. I believe because those are like the safe. Like if you invest in any of the banks, they're pretty safe stocks. Like you know that your money is not going to go down 99% of the time. So I was really, uh, I was like, okay, let me choose the safest. I asked my dad what are the safe stocks, and then he told me about the different ones. So I chose TD Bank and I put my money in there, and I held it until like this year. I've literally held it for five years. So. Yeah, <laughs> that was my first instance, and I was working at Payless at the time, making like nine dollars an hour or whatever they used to pay back then. So yeah, it's not like I was making a lot of money, but I still I had developed that discipline of putting half my money into my savings and now investing account. Yeah, so I wanna talk a bit about your risk appetite because it's interesting that you say like for you, you know, the safety of a bank was one of the things you're factoring really early on. Um. Being someone who like lived at home with your with your parents and you know you had your dad kind of as like your financial mentor and such, like would you say that in any way impacted your appetite for risk or is your I guess 
mindset towards investment just safest safest um route possible hmm that's a good question i don't know i feel like because i don't like i don't have to pay rent like I like I have less responsibilities, you know? Like all of my all of my expenses are variable because if I want to drive my car um if I want to spend $500 on my car a month, I can or if I want to not drive anywhere, I can, you know? So I I'm really in control of my expenses. So I think because my I had no rents, I had no like they cover a lot of my food, so I had I had the opportunity to be as risky or as um less grit i don't know what the word <laughs> as safe as possible yeah. but i i feel like i'm still a very safe investor like i am a long term investor i like to put my money in and then let it grow 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 like i'm not a person who is like oh let me invest in i did it once when there was a cannabis stock that was someone was oh invest in this i did that once and my money went down that's the only stock that my money has ever gone down in so I'm yeah, not a not a fan. I I say I'm, I would say I'm not a very risky uh risky person at all. So, in terms of, you know, that mentorship, would would you say you did, did you individually take like a really high interest in like financial well-being at any point or is it like do you know what I mean? Like did you ever like individually start really really getting interested in money or was it just like this is how you were raised and like everything that you see now is just like a you know function of how you were raised does that make sense yeah i think it's i think it's really a function of how i was raised i think that I would be like most people who just put my money in a savings account rather than um investing it because it's such a safe option like I don't know I feel like the way that I was raised changed every I, I don't know knowing myself I would not okay let me explain when I was working at Pillars my dad had to like every week he had or every two weeks when I was paid he had to be like okay have you invested yet and <laughs> I would be like <laughs> and then he'd be like send me a screenshot of you transferring your money <laughs> to your savings account so like i mean to your investing account so like i had no op it was like i had no option even if i wanted to spend the money because i like nice things too you know i like to travel i like to do things with my money but because my dad was so like not strict but like he re- he wanted to see that i was actually doing it so i would make sure the habit was stuck stuck in my head um yeah Yeah. So I know you have a sister. Did was it ever like competitive to see like who was saving more or you know who <laughs> did the good you know job financially? It actually wasn't. It never was. And actually, she showed me her account recently, and she has way more money than me. So um, wow. Yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> yeah, um, there was. I don't know. There's no. There was never any competition in my house. My parents are like very. Like you guys are not, you guys are very different people. Don't compare yourself to one another. Blah blah blah. So yeah, no competition there. <laughs> so you know, you said you know this was very much a thing that was because of how you were raised. But I'm curious. Now you talk about money, like literally, that's like part of what you're known known for. Did you plan? Like, did you think to yourself when you were starting your YouTube channel and when you were? Because I I know, okay, guys, a bit of backstory. When I started following Renee on Instagram, she was more of a fashion content. <laughs> like that's the Renee I met. <laughs> yes. So, somehow Renee is now your favorite financial sage online. <laughs> um, 
So I'm curious, was it like a thing of, you know, demand or what did you ever at some point think, hmm, I have a lot of financial knowledge I'd like to share? Yeah, okay, you're right. And I miss dressing up actually because I do not dress up anymore. But um, I would say that it was, I never, I was just really comfortable talking about money and I was always talking to my friends and realize, and like I would speak about credit cards and stuff like that. And I would see most of my friends had no idea what to do with their credit cards. Like I remember one of my friends telling me that, oh, you only have to pay the minimum balance every month and then, um, and then it doesn't affect your credit score. And I was like, oh, like my heart dropped. I was like, what are you doing, sis? Like, that, that's not, that's not how you do it. So talking to my friends, I realized that most people aren't financially literate. And I think I just grew up thinking like everyone was, has the same upbringing as me and everyone was financially literate. Obviously, I know that's not the case anymore. Um, and then I think I always wanted to start a YouTube channel as well, but I didn't know what value I could add to people. Like, I don't know if you've had that struggle before, but I was like, Am I actually producing valuable content? Like I really want, I, I don't want to just put out anything on the internet. I want to produce valuable content. So um, I start, I think it was really when I bought my house and people were asking me so many questions and I was like, okay, I, I need to put all, I can't, they're all asking me the same question. So I can't, I need to put this all, this information all in one place so people can just go there. Um, so that was my real reason behind starting my YouTube channel. I'll also say that I realized that especially in the black community, um, we have like, if our parents are not financially literate, we are way less likely to be financially literate. Whereas our white counterparts really, you know, a lot of their parents are financially literate. So they already are a step up, step up above us or whatever the t correct terminology is. So I wanted to like level the playing field in a way that was easily digestible because the content you see on Instagram, like it's so hard to understand sometimes when you're reading um yep. when you're searching up financial literacy stuff i don't know if you face that like when you google something about financial literacy and they're just using jargon that makes no sense definitely so. i feel like what you're doing is so necessary like i mean you know this you know i can't like when it comes to money you're really one of the people i trust the most i mean because <laughs> for me like you said there's always that you know very confusing verbiage um okay so what do i do <laughs> you get like yeah. you look up these things because you know i would say like if i were to you know com compare myself so to say um i i feel like if i was if my parents were here you know my financial well-being would be or my financial what's the word that i'm looking for literacy would mm -hmm. be in a different position right but I moved at a pretty young age yeah. and I didn't have any parent or, you know, figure present that could like advise me. And like the minute I started making money, you know, I started having all these expenses. So mm -hmm. I didn't really have anyone to guide me. Um, and I did seek guidance like here and there because my thing was, I was always having money, like getting money, but the money was always finishing. <laughs> and I know that's like a very basic thing. But for me, it just didn't seem like the way it had to be. Um, and I would say, like, in terms of money, since I started, like, listening to you and stuff, like, it's helped me because even when I'm broke, I don't feel bad about myself because I know that I, I did, like, first and foremost, the right things, you know? Like, I know that when my paycheck is coming in, I'm putting money into a savings account and very recently putting money into an investment account and Yay. pay off my credit card. Like I'm paying, you know, way more than my minimum balance because literally like I watched the video with your dad and he was like, the smartest thing to do is pay off your credit card. 
and like I'm almost done paying that off and hey. I know like I'm, I can't wait to like I feel like the day I finish paying off my, my credit card I'm going to come online and I'll be like yeah yes <laughs> I'm excited for you that's amazing and, but yeah like that was one thing that I got from watching your videos and I decided like a really conscious decision that I was going to be you know exorbitant in paying off I don't know if that's the words used but like literally like way more like when I say way more like more than 10 times I mean your more balance is what I would be paying at once because nice. I, love I just it. want to see that money go and like that became my my thing that was keeping me going like financially and you know for some people it's all oh, my savings going up and obviously that's a thing for me too but just seeing my balance go down mm-hmm. like I remember watching it go from like four digits to three digits and I was like yes 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 <laughs> so you know like those are the things that I get really excited about now um and even when I don't really have money in my account it's like yo like I'm doing well financially like I know I'm doing well like I'm doing better financially like I have a better sense of what financial health looks like um and I now know it's not the balance of my checking accounts yeah. so for me that has been a very practical way because for me I just never had like this is what the ideal picture of financial well-being looks like because before for me it was can I buy things whenever I want to buy things yeah that's what you know that's what wealth looks like to me yeah. but now I understand like it's like more about security than anything else yeah. so yay you for that financial knowledge and I, I think it's really about like passing wealth not just for it's not just creating wealth for yourself but it's about creating wealth for your kids and your kids and your kids 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 like some people like jeff bezos's great 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 grandchildren are set we're not I'm not saying everyone needs to be jeff bezos but like we we want the black community to be in that position too to be able to provide for generations to come so yeah yeah so i wanted to get into that actually um the conversation about generational wealth because i i I don't know if you posted this or I don't know how I stumbled on this, but I know parents have asked you, you know, to help like mm-hmm. guide them in terms of what they should be teaching their children. Um, because obviously for you, you had that privilege of having someone set you on the right path. Um, so I guess what I want to ask is for people who don't have kids now, but are that in between because in as much as they don't have kids, um, they also didn't really have parents like, teaching them you know about money or you know just that inherent inherent financial knowledge like what would you see people like me i would say just start thinking about in terms of how we a raise our children and b prepare our children for their financial futures Hmm, that's a good question i really think people need to make sure they're financially literate before they try to teach anyone else to be financially literate but just saving for their, I feel like, I feel like Nigerian parents do a good job of, of this, but like trying to set your kids up for success, monetary, like you don't want them to have to take out OSAP loan or student loans, or you don't want them to have to make mistakes with their credit card and then learn from those mistakes. Like we want to be able to teach them ahead of time so they don't make that mistake. So when I got my first credit card, I was like, I already knew that you need to pay the full balance. Credit card is not, it's not free money. It's, it's, it's a horribly painful debt. <laughs> so it's good to have one, but 
you need to make sure that you like use it responsibly and you only use what you have you never use more than what you have so those are things that i feel like those are basic lessons that you can teach your kids before they make the mistakes you always want to like like you don't want your kids to go through every like all the nonsense you, you had to go through you want them to be prepared um like like having my parents save $200 a month in their R, in my RESP paid for my entire university education whereas some of my peers are paying off their student loans right now you know so like things like that really help level i don't know if level the playing field is the right term but it allows them to be a step higher than a lot of other people yeah yeah and just yeah go ahead no i think that's really um smart especially what you said about the credit please guys like i i, I really want to stress that because the amount of money i've paid in like credit card fees interest yeah. like, bro it's way more than i spent <laughs> <laughs> like, and they don't teach you this nobody teaches no, you this nobody because yeah like i knew that you would pay a little more yeah. but um what i didn't know was it's not a little more it's a lot more yes my credit card is way 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 maybe yeah. double what I spent so it's probably oh. more than double honestly oh god like no like I would just open my thing and see that my balance like increased like and it's like if you're paying your minimum balance like only what you will realize is that every time you go like if you're very observant you will notice that your balance is getting higher <laughs> like I don't know the sorcery but Have like and you know what they, legally Canada has uh, makes them disclose how long it will take to pay off your minimum minimum balance i don't know if have you seen it oh i don't check this type of thing okay <laughs> so if you if you go on your statement like when they issue your statement at the end of the month or whatever your date is if you go scroll to the bottom it says if you pay your minimum balance it'll take you 15 years to pay like uh, to pay off this balance okay. it will say something ridiculous like that i and yeah. you check it now no but continue yeah so i feel like these are things we should teach people uh, kids so that they they know that oh 19.99% compounding daily is is like a lot it's a, it's a mortgage right now is 1.2% like like 19.99% is a lot of money which we don't really realize so yeah yeah like it- <laughs> When you look at that percentage, I think you you brought up something very valid. It's not just that it's ninety point nine percent; it is daily. It's yes. Daily. Yo, like I don't even understand. It's it should be criminal. It's ridiculous. It literally should be criminal. Like I I was trying to pull up my thing just to like make a case of like I think I'm on track to finish paying off my thing within two months. But oh. I'm curious to see. Yay! I'm curious to see when um I would be paying it off. Like according to them, yeah. if I was, but obviously that is frozen. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, check, yeah, check it. Next. You should probably do a video, an episode all about credit cards to warn people, especially especially new people to Canada. I should. I should. Yeah. I should actually do my whole credit card story. You should. should Just like your housing story. Yes. Yeah, actually, I should. I should do a credit card episode, and I'll see how how long they tell me <laughs> I would be paying off my credit. I'm very sure it would be like say like. Maybe towards the end of next year, and I'm trying to be done with these guys by January, February. You know, yeah. and it's like it's a hundred dollars. How is it gonna take me a year to pay it off? But it adds up, you oh. know. Like, yeah. I've I've learned now. Like I said, I just I be taking lump sums. Like I like sometimes I think about like if all the money that I was just throwing into this thing, like I was seeing it 
like stacking up in savings yeah. account, like how that would like boost my self-esteem. Yeah. But um no. <laughs> let, no. Let's be honest. Yeah, that credit score is important still. Yeah. Funny enough, you know, for some reason like this card doesn't actually affect my credit score. What? But, yeah, it's cuz I opened it with under my business. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good then. I I don't I trust me this was not like some smart financial choice like <laughs> It was literally just happenstance, like it wasn't. Well, thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God that happened because I literally thought my credit score was a shambles, and then it turns out like it has had zero impact on my credit score. So, Bless. um, so maybe that's a tip for someone. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a sole sole proprietor, maybe get. It. <laughs> but I think the interest on business credit cards are way worse. So I don't know. Oh, okay. Want to look into that because the amount of money I'd be paying on this card. Huh. <laughs> Do your Google's everyone before you before you take this advice please. Uh yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not ready, okay? <laughs> I'm not No, listen. I'm not a financial advisor either. Please, please. There. No, but you you do know what you're talking about. But yeah, okay. So in terms of I really want to still talk about this thing with like black people and building generational wealth. A lot of people talk about, you know, housing as one of the ways to build generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to explain me how that works in terms of, you know, generational wealth? Yeah, so for example, my parents bought the the house that they live in for in 2000 in the year 2000 for like $300,000 or something. Obviously, you cannot get that now. I don't know, like unless you're going way 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 out of the GTA, but it was much cheaper then. So, they can now it's worth over a million dollars and they can leave it to me when they either just pass or they decide to move wherever, like they retire, move to Nigeria to retire or something. So, if that is building generational wealth because i now me and my sister will have an asset that is worth 1 million dollars in our portfolio we can then either choose to live in it or we can sell it and like most people don't leave their kids anything or or they leave their kids not much they leave, okay let me let me be frank most people leave their kids with debt when they when they pass um which is unfortunate but like people like there's a saying don't be a burden be a I forgot what it is. Don't be, but you don't want to be a burden on your kids when you pass. So you want to set them up for financial success by leaving them with assets rather than liabilities. Assets are things that things that will gain them or give them more money in the long term whereas liabilities are things that will obviously lose money. Um and the good thing about houses is that you can rent it out. So you're getting rental income as well. So you're getting capital gains where because the value of the property is increasing but you're also getting rental income if they decide to rent it out. So I think it's just a great way to like help secure your kids and if they need a, if I needed a million dollars I could sell this house for a million dollars especially if the mortgage is paid off like you're doing your kids such a great like it's such a blessing for your kids. So people should consider doing that. Wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um so you see what I think about really just breaking things down in a very simple way. Um So what would you say are other ways of building generational wealth like outside of like a house, right? Mm-hmm. I would say things like like even something simple as like investing in your kids business is very 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 important. Like I know our parents all want us to be like doctors, engineers and lawyers, but like some of us want to be creatives, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> my dad choosing to 
um, helped me purchase a microphone, for example, is him investing in my business. Or when I wanted to be a photographer at the age of 13 or whatever, my dad purchased my first camera for me. So things like that, it's it's helping them. Like instead of my kid now having to work more and then starting later on in life because they couldn't afford to um, purchase the first camera, now they can start and work on that hobby um, perfect it and maybe turn it into a business which will help them generate income in the long term so simple things like that i think are a great way to help your kids and build generational wealth okay that makes that makes that makes sense um because yeah i know there's there's certain things i maybe wanted to do um but had to like put on the back burner right Mm-hmm. Um, and even like for instance with me and my laptop like I did save up to buy myself like a laptop but when I was getting really close to the end and like I was strapped like I could run to my mom and be like you like this is how much I've saved like I've done a healthy chunk like um and like you know she was like yeah you know I'm proud of you I'm proud of you that you did this like here's the rest of the money yeah um, and I, I know that was such a huge help um for me right yeah. and she did buy me like my first laptop my second laptop like so i know that helps me right like in terms of growing the skill um of graphic design right like i i had a tool that i could use that now provides me income um you know whereas like some kids have that interest as well but they don't have an opportunity to learn the skill because they don't have like the materials they need and they they don't have an opportunity to practice as well because they again don't have the materials they need exactly and one thing I'll say about that is a lot of like parents will already be spending all that money on their kids like they're buying their kids the latest Jordans or whatever like they're they're really investing on the flashy things for their kids but you could they could invest that same money into um, starting up helping their kids start a business so I think that's where like it's just a I think it's a mindset shift like I'm already putting two hundred dollars into my kid every month i might as well put this into something that will help them make money in the long term yeah and it doesn't even have to be like gadgets i guess like you could also mm-hmm. like training and stuff like um i know a lot of people how they view like education um outside of like the traditional like school system is you know what if they don't end up doing it or what if, what if they end up like um doing this other thing blah 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 but how i see it is no knowledge is wasted especially in times like ours where literally like the world is ever adapting like if anybody told us like two years ago i would say that everybody would be on their phone recording tiktoks and recording transitions you would have all laughed um but you know like literally there's like 40 year olds that are jumping and dancing and you know doing all these silly dances um, so say, you know, someone had taken a video class years ago and now they're doing killer transitions and, you know, even monetizing that skill, like, you, there's just no way to know which one of your skills is going to be valuable in the long run. Like, I used to do public speaking in high school and I didn't do it for, you know, X number of years. Now I run a podcast. Like, I don't know if those two things are connected, but, you know, like... I'm sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, everybody has, like, um, you know things that like are in their arsenal right so i think one of the things you can do for your children is load up their arsenal from when they're young um you know help them build healthy habits and i think in terms of just that like literacy like it doesn't even have to be just like financial literacy like it's also just soft skills like time management for instance like things i guess that could be useful for them like in their 
careers and in their um, businesses and stuff um maybe communication skills like if you you know notice that from an early age your child struggles with communicating effectively maybe that's a thing you could do to maybe better equip them to um thrive in the real world you start building that communication skill um and then so enough about people's unborn children or children <laughs> or whatever i want to talk about you um for more <laughs> Um, we talked about a lot of your wins, right? Like we talked about a lot of your wins and you know some of the great things you've done. Outside of your cannabis stock that went south, um, what is your biggest financial mistake? Hmm. This is a good question. I don't like it could be a purchase that you made that maybe you could do something. Because my thing is, I'm so like my <laughs> because my dad has kept such a, a tight leash. Like you know, he's always like, "How's this doing?" How, like he's always checking in. I don't know if I've made. Let me think. Let me think. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is there something you wish you had spent money on that you didn't? And if you could go back, you would buy it. No. Truly, like I don't know. I'm a. I, I feel like I'm really good with my money. I've always been really good with my yeah. money, um, and I'm not like I'm not a. I don't buy items much. I'm more of like an experiences type of person. So I feel like I don't know. This is a hard question. Maybe that you or um, anything that you have spent money on that you didn't. That if you could go back, you would. That I have not spent money that I wish I could. Yeah. Well, that would be like <clears throat> I lived in Thailand, and I wish I spent money on scuba diving. But like, <laughs> that's not <laughs> that, like I honestly I don't know. I, I would have to think about this question. Yeah, I feel that that no, but that's a good that's a good answer. Like I wish I wish I could say that. Like listen, I I have so many answers to this question. Like where is for me is how many do you want? <laughs> tell us, tell us. Um, oh, um. Bro, like there's so many. I I bought shoes that were that didn't fit perfectly, but were a good deal. So I regardless, <laughs> I have two pairs of shoes that I ended up giving away to even the same person because I barely ever wore them. Um, let me see what. Um, I'm just thinking of like a big expense. I know I have one of those that actually no no I don't have like a huge 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 because I don't own any like designer stuff or anything like that. Um, let me see. I feel like okay. I wanted to take a trip early in the year, mm-hmm. um, and if I did it at the time, like if I bought my ticket myself when I wanted to buy my ticket, I would have been broke after. But I feel like it would have been worth it. I feel that. I actually feel that. <laughs> it would have been worth it because yeah, now I'm stuck home. Um, I know. Let me see. Actually, now that not that I'm thinking about it, it's hard. Like it's hard. It's very hard. What spots? It's probably no. Actually, for me, because I'm my 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 weakness is convenience. Mm. So I would say you know the amount of money I spent on Uber and Uber Eats. Yeah. For me, because I did last year. I didn't do it. Like I didn't do the math of how much I spent on Uber and Uber Eats because I. Gosh, should I review myself like this? <laughs> you know, how many minutes are we into this thing? Yeah, most people would have stopped listening right now. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I I did do the math, but I think in 20, 
budget that's cool you know i think budgeting is what you need to do like you know that okay i have five or two hundred dollars a month to spend on cost of doing business okay <laughs> and then it makes it makes it easier issue i think the issue is i'm <laughs> impulsive and it's scam in that sense because let's <laughs> see um I'm always very optimistic when I like draft my budgets, right? I'm always very optimistic. I think the only yeah. budget that I'm pretty strict about is saving and debt payments. Like anything else like that. So say like I had put money towards um okay, say like my, my most recent budget now, like one horrible thing I did was I caught my phone bill like for a while. I didn't change the amount in my budget that was put into my phone bill. So obviously like that extra like money was yeah. like I, I do things like that where like <laughs> I don't really account for like you know, used to drop some money here and there or you know but I think I think in 2021 I'm going to be on, on top of my game more. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm gonna release a savings plan in the next two days. So hopefully that can help everyone with their <laughs> I'll, I'll look out for that. I actually I think now like I I've gotten pretty good receipts. Like I'm I'm proud of myself. I've got pretty good receipts. My only financial fear for twenty twenty one is I'm going to end up well let me not say I am going to, but I might end up spending more on rent. Because mm. if you listen to my housing nightmares episode, yeah. um <laughs> you know that I'm trying to move ASAP again. So yeah, I am. Yeah. So I might end up just spending like putting more money towards that. And if I do that, 
you know, then I would have less like leeway to move my financial resource. But do you need to live in, live in Toronto? Like you can No, I'm I'm looking outside Toronto. Okay, but okay. It's um what I'm realizing in 2020 is the market is moving mad. Basically, I guess the Toronto market has crashed, like the real estate market, um, because obviously people are moving out of the city now with so housing is becoming cheaper in toronto so what i'm seeing is in terms of pricing it's pretty leveled like because i'm looking now like towards the halting area um mm-hmm. and it's pretty much the same as oh, really it's only when you start looking into i'm I, at least for one person i would say it's pretty much the same when you start looking into maybe getting like maybe a three-bedroom apartment like i guess you see like a bit more difference there but in terms of like a studio blah 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 it's honestly even like when we checked like my my realtor my, my realtor checked for one bedroom apartment so she found one in Toronto that I oh okay it's interesting crazy. it's crazy and the funny thing is i don't even want to be in Toronto anymore <laughs> i'm done i've had my feel i spent one month or so like in my prop like right now i'm paying rent and i'm not even staying in my place oh my gosh yeah i've paid two months of rent now that you know i haven't been there yeah and i'm about to pay another one because <laughs> january for now do you are you are you able to break your lease is that what you're gonna do yeah that's what i'm okay. trying to do um okay. my, you know language. yeah yeah <laughs> well i i have i have a keys it's just i don't want to have to go to land on a tenant board um, yeah so, no they did years they can like right now they're so backed up good luck <laughs> they're not even picking their phone. Just yeah, like, they're not even picking their phone. So oh I was trying to like, you know, come come on my landlord with you and call the board. Blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, they haven't they haven't called. <laughs> so um, we'll see we'll see how that goes. I'll probably update. Actually, no, maybe I won't. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'll decide if there's if it's worth updating and I feel comfortable doing so. I'll come back with a podcast and talk about you know how I escaped the hell because right now i think my standards um the issue i'm having is my standards have gone up in terms of what i'm looking for housing wise um the things i overlooked when i was looking for my place i'm not yeah. looking because i do not want to encounter a rat in the oh my gosh that story was i was like no I, I i wouldn't be able to sleep i would not i couldn't sleep i was actually like if okay i tweet too much so you won't be able to find the streets anymore <laughs> That night, I was tweeting like a mad person. <laughs> oh my god! I was literally giving live updates, and nobody cared. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Know your worth, sis. Okay. <laughs> Next place will be worthy of you. <laughs> Next place, like literally, I had to speak to someone, like get advice, and she was like, you know, have a vision, like you know, like you know, see where you want to, where you want to live. Yes. I don't feel like you have to settle. I like, this is the energy I want. This is what I was scared. <laughs> because listen, like people teach you and I think it really ties into everything you've been saying is people teach you that struggle mentality, right? Yeah. Like um, you know, pay your dues, blah blah blah. You know, you're really early in life. You know, you need to be living in a nice place. But I feel like I the value I place on where I live has gone up, especially because we're spending so much time at home now. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need to live in a place that's healthy for you, like mentally, right? Mental health is the most important part. So yeah, no struggle, please. 
no struggle, no struggle. Twenty twenty one. Fingers crossed. You know, I know. It will be in a good place. Anyway, before we end this episode, um, I wanted to ask you if you have any financial advice, um, like any doesn't even have to be financial advice to be honest. Like, what would your I guess final words? of wisdom be to the listeners or talk to me to us my final word of advice I would say you need to know yourself that would be my advice so if you know like me that you you would rather spend money than save money then you need to put in measures to force yourself to save it's just that simple like i feel like we should stop making financial literacy so difficult and just use the tools that are in place to make things automatic so you don't even have to worry about saving so set up your automatic uh transfers um do a dividend reinvestment program i have a video about this as well so um but yeah like do things that take the work out of you doing it yourself and also find an accountability partner if you can because that will really help you stay on your journey and your path um, to whatever goal you have for yourself and yeah set goals as well because that's very important as we come into 2021 i don't know when this is going to be released but um in 2021 try to set goals that are achievable and um make a plan to get there because it's not as it's a, a lot of your goals are not actually as hard to achieve as you think they are yeah yeah that would be my and follow me on youtube or subscribe i was about to shout out so um you can find Reni everywhere xo Reni um x-o-r-e-n-i and it'll be in the description as well so find her i i mean if you've listened to this episode to this point like it should be very obvious that i highly recommend Reni's content i shout out Reni's content everywhere because (laughs) Listen, there's more money in my account because already. <laughs> so, wow, that I, is the best. That is the best compliment I've ever heard. <laughs> no, literally, like I can say that literally because of two things. One, because your channel helped helps me figure out the bind I was in in terms of how do I start working towards paying off my credit card, um, or how how much should I be prioritizing paying off my credit card, um, and it gave me the confidence to make those loan payments because before i wasn't sure you know should i be prioritizing saving or paying off my credit card right like i was very confused about that and i didn't have a clear plan but it helped me figure out you know what like aggressively pay this thing off and i'm looking at my back like i did check my balance this morning and i was like bro <laughs> like that was my exact reaction because like my credit card yeah like i'm always giving you numbers but you know like it's my minimum balance i'm required to pay did these jokers two digits two one two i be paying three digits per month because i don't i don't play with these people like i don't, I don't you love know? to say yeah it's like you you i've seen you know the impact of that and two my steady testimonial is really help me negotiate my salary and let me tell you like I would have just accepted the offer because I was really excited. But you know, like she told me, you know, one thing she said was negotiate, and another thing you said was um, ask if there would be a review, and that was something we talked about. And you know, I was really happy because I got it really clear within a year. We will, you know, revisit, have the conversation. Like there were things that I did, would never have thought to ask about that I found out because of you know that advice. So thank you, Renee. My pleasure. That makes me so happy. To- <laughs> 
like when when there's actually impact of what I'm saying, it makes me really happy. So thanks for telling me that. Yes, there is. Okay, so I'm about to let you go off this call, but I wanted to play a quick thing. I'm, I'm trying to these <laughs> fun fun things onto my my L podcast. Um, as I have features because this is season two, so you are the very first episode. Oh wow! Future episode of season two because we're wrapping up season one now. So to answer your question, this is a 2021 episode. Um, January 2021, I believe. So okay, first question. So this is um this or that. So rapid fire. Um, dog or cat? Ah, uh, cat. Cat. Oh, clearly you don't grow up in Nigeria. Clearly, clearly, clearly yes. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? Oh no, this is hard. Um, YouTube. YouTube, same, same. Um, phone call or text? Text. Bro, I I don't get you people. But like me. But like I don't text anyone, so like I don't know. I I only call my boyfriend, and that's it. Don't kill me. <laughs> uh, texting stresses me out, like all the way out. I can tell. <laughs> okay, guys, quick. Quick, like quickly digress. I'm always replying when you late, and I like I feel horrible every time. And I'm always over apologizing. And I can't tell that she does there laughing at me. But anyway, literally, I'm like, okay, I understand. <laughs> do you? Do you actually? I do. I do. I ignore people too. Don't worry. Or I, I, I take uh, a lot. I was about to be like, oh, not like, ignore. Sorry. That's good. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, toast or eggs? What? Those aren't even like opposite like toast or eggs like is this the question you know eggs eggs um cardio cardio instagram or twitter instagram oh no twitter because instagram's been moving mad lately i love to be like yeah yeah mark is crazy right now um so (laughs) ice cream a bowl or cone cone always cone um mobile games or console games do you play games oh my i just started playing a game my boyfriend got a ps5 i've been playing it with him um so console let's say console console okay and then two more while i'm driving music or podcast podcast all day every day i don't even listen to music anymore which is problem which is weird but yeah oh i'm a bit of both and the last one This one is very obvious, so I'm not gonna. I had one. I'm going to change it. Um, okay. New clothes or new phone? A phone. Phone. Well, actually, I've had my same phone for like four years, so I don't know. Probably clothes, but we're not going anywhere, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Reni. Like I said, you guys should go check Reni out on everywhere. Um, especially on YouTube, she has amazing, amazing content that can help you get your money right, can help you get your life right, because some of you will be mad, I joke. Oh. <laughs> anyway, thanks again, Renny, and for you guys, I will talk to you again next Monday at 12 p.m. You can reach me on social media, as always, Toastadini on Instagram, Toastadini on Twitter, and if you want my email address, I don't know why, but it's in the description, you know, you can access it, I don't know, I don't know really, but bye! <laughs> Yay, thank you. Thank you so much for coming, Renny. Thanks for.